Hi folks, Tom Young here, episode 16. Hey, tonight we're going to talk a few minutes about life insurance. I mentioned that in the last blog. Uh, Just a little bit of background because most people have no concept or understanding of what life insurance is really for. One thing is, is you have auto insurance, right? And, And for the love of Pete, you never hope you have a claim but you willingly pay the premiums. You have homeowner's insurance, and for the love of Pete, you hope you never have a claim, but you willingly pay the premiums. So life insurance is kind of different because you know there's gonna be a claim. It is guaranteed to happen. None of us are gonna get out of this alive. You get to die at least once in a lifetime. Ha ha. So now we understand that. Now, let's talk about the marketplace for life insurance because this is where everybody gets confused. Basically, there are two kinds of life insurance companies. There are life insurance companies that are stockholder owned. So their allegiance lies to making a profit for their shareholders. The other type of life insurance companies are dividend paying mutual life insurance companies that actually are owned by the policyholders. So their allegiance and fiduciary responsibility is to the policyholders to provide them the most benefits and the most money supply possible for the premiums that they pay in the agreement called this life insurance contract. Now, let's go to the next level. There are two kinds of life insurance and only two kinds of life insurance, no matter what the marketing tells you. There are term life insurance and then there is whole life insurance. The difference is one little thing. Whole life insurance has a product, has an element in it called non-forfeiture values. If you really want to test the guy that's trying to sell you life insurance and he's referring to it in permanent in any way, ask him to explain to you the non-forfeiture options. The non-forfeiture options are only available in whole life insurance, okay? Now let's go to term insurance for a minute and I'm gonna clear this up because in term insurance, there, there are many, many, many different kinds. First off, we have annual renewable. So every year it renews, the premium goes up a few pennies every year. When you're younger, when you get older, it goes up a few dollars. When you get chronologically gifted, it goes up a lot. Now you can have a five year, 10 year, 15 year, 20 year, 30 year uh, term life insurance to age 90 and, and all of those different variations of term insurance can be created and had no matter how you do it. Now, along the way in the late 70s came a product called Universal Life Insurance. There was a company called E.F. Hutton, and those of you remember that because when E.F. Hutton spoke, everybody listened, so there was quiet. I remember those advertisements. Well, they come up with an idea to combine term insurance and a savings element and they created an insurance company called Executive Life Insurance Company. They were located in California. Now I'll tell you the the short story because I don't want to be real long, is eventually they simply went bankrupt. But during the 80s when the interest rates were extremely high, it made these universal life insurance policies look so good because you had an increasing term insurance element inside the contract and you had a savings element. And when the interest rates were really high, they could make these long 20, 30 year projections that really looked out of sight. They, they, were, they were like dreamlike. You know, you were gonna become a millionaire by the time you became 65 with these policies. However, along came 1991, Alan Greenspan, that's another story. The interest 
interest rates fell through the floor and all of those policies did not perform. And any of you that have those kind of policies, what they failed to tell you was the interest rate they projected was one thing, but when the interest rate went down, it was your responsibility to pay more premium to make up for the interest you didn't get. Okay, so now I'm going to not going to dwell on this a long way. But what I want to talk about is I'm going to throw you out some strategies. These strategies are usually only available if you have permanent guaranteed life insurance with a dividend paying mutual life insurance company because you need those guarantees. Now, one thing is, is looking at taking all the dividends and short term capital gains from your non IRA monies in cash. Well, what does that do? That prevents you from having an increasing tax. Where are you going to put that cash flow? Well, that cash flow should go into an interest-bearing instrument that avoids the government at all ends that come to the middle. There's cash value. It grows equal to and greater. In fact, I have several whole life insurance policies myself, and they have always, for 30, 40 years, outperformed anything the banks ever offered in a savings account in a guaranteed way. You know, 30-year mortgages with minimum down and no prepayments uh, borrow against cash value life insurance. Now, wait a minute borrow against life insurance. Now you're going to hear people say, you know, I want to borrow some of my money out of my life insurance policy. You do not borrow money out of your life insurance policy. When you make a loan with a life insurance company, the insurance company is making the loan to you and your life insurance policy becomes collateral for that loan, either on the cash side or the death benefits should you pass away during the time you have this loan. But the great thing here that nobody really understands is even though I have a loan from the insurance company, my whole life policy is collateral. In that time, my whole life insurance cash value is still growing at an interest rate and I am still earning dividends on that money. Now, wait a minute, Tom. You mean my money is still growing and earning dividends even at the same time I have collateralized it with the insurance company to borrow money. And the loan is non-structured, so there is no required payments. It is up to you to be the honest banker. And as we continue these blogs, I will get into being your own banker and actually owning your own debt and converting your debt payments into wealth for your future. Hey, so we'll see you in the next episode. God bless. Don't forget to check out www.cfo-project.com and get the secret gift that tells you about lost opportunity cost in great detail. God bless. Talk to you soon. Bye.